you by Lee Curran. I am your host, Joe Curran. This episode comes from our B2B Superpowers webinar, which we ran called How to Bust Goatee Ghoul. I was joined for this conversation by Charles Williams from Tropic to discuss superpower tactics for predicting ghosting prospects and what to do when it happens to you. This was a great chat and Charles was a wonderful guest. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Sensibility. Hello and welcome to B2B Superpowers, the webinar series where we bring you the very best sales and marketing superheroes to share their superpowers and help you defeat a treacherous enemy from the world of B2B. Our superhero this week who is on hand to show you how to bust the ghosting ghoul is none other than Charles Williams, Director of Business Development at Tropic. How are you doing today, Charles? Joe, I am great, man. It's great to great to be with you here today. And I'm not wearing, I have a denim jacket that I love to wear. And people people say when I put on my uh, people say when I put on my glasses. And the denim jacket, I kind of look like Clark Kent, which is oh my god, yeah, and, <laughs> I can see um, that. <laughs> you know, like, which is great to me. I, I think I, I, I you know, <laughs> it's, it's been, I've gotten it a few times, and it's pretty honoring because, like, Superman, I feel like Superman's the most legit superhero, right? Like, he, <laughs> he's come from like another planet and um, can fly and stuff. I, he's the one I grew up with as a kid, so um, d- definitely honored when I get that, and an honor to be here today with you today, Joe. Excellent stuff. Well, I'm very pleased that your genetics were uh, were on brand for us to say you look like Clark Kent. So thank you very much for being here. So, uh, Charles, the ghosting ghoul is a perplexing and frustrating supervillain known for their ability to vanish without a trace, leaving sales professionals and businesses in a state of uncertainty and abandonment. Let's get started on the ghosting ghouls. Why do customers and prospects ghost in sales interactions? Oh, that's such a that's such a great question. Um the, the answer there is, is is not single. There's not one answer. There's not one like magic bullet or or or, or, or you know garlic thing that you could kill the werewolf with. They're, they're <laughs> basically, it really boils down to like, I would say first you have to diagnose maybe why why is this person ghosting me? Like, it really depends on where you're at in the sales cycle, but it, it could be a multitude of reasons. In the past, I've had people ghost me for for um, uh, they're they busy like. That's a pretty simple one, right? Like they, they're getting a lot of emails, getting a lot of calls, they're, they're ghosting you. Or it could be like they had a spouse pass away. Like things like that are hard to, you know, they're hard to like be able to diagnose when you're sitting on the opposite side of side of a screen somewhere, in some cases, thousands of miles away from them. So um, being able, I think, to be empathetic when it comes to, 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 to situations like this is mission critical. Like we, we say at Tropic a, a lot, like, the goal of, of, of this conversation, the, the process is to try to get on the same side of the table as your, your, your client, right? Like you don't want this to be adversarial. And that really comes down to how, how are you reaching out to them? Like, are you, are you adding value when you're emailing them? Are you adding value when you're calling them? Like there are lots of little, like I, I'd say small things you can do to, to, to kind of decrease the risk of ghosts. But to your po- point and your question, like it's hard. It's a really difficult thing. And like, it's hard to diagnose sometimes. Yeah, and obviously, there's slightly more serious reasons, as in, you know, a bereavement or something. Obviously, that's completely fine. And we can 100% be empathetic with that and, and not have to worry about that one. But how, how do we then go about identifying exactly why you've been ghosted? Like, are there any tools you can use to measure what sort of, e- you know, is there something in the email they didn't like? Is there something in the messaging? Is there something on the call? How do you identify those reasons for ghosting? Yeah, so at Tropic, we use two tools. We use we use Gong to record 
pretty much all of our conversations. So it's a great opportunity for us as, as salespeople to go back and, and look and watch and listen to what we said and figure out, like, did we actually find pain? Was there actually a goal that they were trying to work towards? In most cases that, that you receive a ghost, it's kind of like you hype them up for some kind of next step, but there wasn't any pain. They had no goal that, or business objective that they were trying to solve. Um, another tool that we like to use is Mixmax. Mixmax helps us, uh, you know, understand who is opening emails. So sometimes like you could write the best emails and, you know, create the best deck for them and then they never open it. So like, of course they're ghosting you. They're not even looking. So when it comes to things like that, I, th I think it's less about tools. Like a, a lot of times the best possible tools is, is to pick up this guy and, and try to get their number and give them a call and just have a conversation about it. Um, but, but that's maybe how I would, I would say, like, try to use a few tools, but mostly like, you know, be able to, to have conversations um, with yourself and know like, hey, look, did I do a bad job on this call? Is that why they're ghosting me? Or like, are they just busy? And, and, you know, try to figure those things out as well. So one other tool I might add is I love to like just Google the company and go into news and see if there's any like changes. So mm. right now it's a tough environment. So, so, so you might have, emailed someone and emailed someone and called them and no response, no response, no opens. And then you might find out that like the company just laid off 10% of workforce and they were one of them. So being able to be like, like I mentioned at the beginning, empathetic here is mission critical. Is it difficult then? Let's say if you, because we've talked on, on this, these series of webinars and the podcasts uh, before about um, mindset and something that I've, taking to my own work is separating the uh, performance with the result uh, separating the performance from the result sorry um is there a way that you can sort of sort of implement that in terms of you know because i imagine it's it's got to be very difficult to feel like oh this is entirely my fault it's, it must be quite difficult to realize that actually there may be factors that you couldn't change that have led to the the reason that they have ghosted you. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. And honestly, like I would say the, the mental aspect of sales is the hardest part, right? I say, I think it's the same in sports or in the military or really any kind of like high pressure profession. Um, one thing that, that I took to heart there, I'll really say two things here, but one of my coworkers, when I first be, like, got into this role, told me, told me this this guy's name is Blake Layton you should look him up he's awesome but he was basically like you're going to close a lot of deals that you have no business in closing like you did everything wrong and they're just going to close you're going to lose a lot of deals that you did every single thing right and so understanding that uh is is mission critical when you zoom out and and instead of dwelling on one opportunity or one call or whatever like you got to zoom out you got to take a long term perspective and with that i also i remind myself this like you are one call away. Like we are, we're one call away from, from, you know, Joe hitting me up on LinkedIn. I'm on this podcast now. Um, Joe getting hit up by Joe Rogan. And now he's on Joe Rogan's podcast talking about this. <laughs> so like we're one call away from like life being awesome, but you're also one call away from finding out that someone in your family has just passed away, finding out that uh, you're getting drafted and you got to go into the military or something like that. You're one call away from everything in life it's all, it all depends on like how, how you, you want to like, look at that. Like, is it going to be a positive thing? Is my life going to be net positive? And can I approach the net negative things with a positive attitude? I think that's mission critical in sales, mission critical in everything. Like, it, so that's, that's how I approach it. Um, but it's tough, right? Like you, you work a deal for nine months, a year, and then 
they pick a competitor or they, they, they decide that, you know, like, Hey, we don't have the budget for this anymore. Sorry. Like that big check you had in your mind is gone now. Uh, and now you're left with like this feeling of doom. Just remember there's going to be more calls. You're going to have more opportunities. Like even if this, this role for you right now doesn't work out, there's going to be more opportunities that come up down the road. So having that positive mindset for me is mission critical. A hundred percent. And just to your point on, uh, you know, one call away from going on Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe, if you are watching, please do feel free just to, you know, LinkedIn me or something. We can set something up. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, I love it. Let's do it. I know we, we talked about sort of how almost random it can be that the a company or a prospect might ghost are there any warning signs that someone might be prone to ghosting is there anything that we can find out about them that says oh they may have done this before at all yeah i i think it really depends again on on where they're at in the sales cycle so like for us we have we have teams of sdrs that are, are mostly generating the, the 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 first opportunity for us and then we're kind of project managing the rest of it so in some cases like you can go back and look at call history or email history and, and have, have they, have we booked a meeting with this person a bunch of times and they just have never showed and they finally showed for one and they're never going to show again. Like maybe that is a, is a way that you can go back and diagnose it. Um, I also think this, like, I also think at least looking back on my career, the companies that I've enjoyed working with the most that have, uh, you, you know, sometimes like the best revenues, uh, are, are companies where the person has been the most responsive. So sometimes you can work backwards and go like, is this company A doing well? Have they had a bunch of layoffs? Like have, did they raise a bunch of money and, and it was kind of like just a, a ghost, ghost raise basically, there's no value. Um, so looking back and kind of diagnosing that of like, oh, is this company like, you know, do they have a really good brand? Do they have a really good website? Like all those little things that kind of add up to, to the, 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 the sum being greater than the parts. I think it's mission critical too to understanding like, you know, is this just a symptom of one person or is this like an organizational thing? So those are some kind of factors I, I think about when I'm, I'm getting ghosted. So then how, what, are, what are some of the most effective ways to follow up with people who have ghosted? As, because obviously you don't want to be coming across as pushy or desperate yeah. at all. So how do you follow up with someone who has ghosted you? Yeah, it, it can be really tough. And you, I think you have to use a really a, a high amount of like emotional intelligence here. It's, it's less so just being able to like, you know, maybe you did find pain and maybe they're like, uh, they need you badly. But again, we just don't know what's, what's happening on the other side of the screen. So I think one of the ways I think about it is every touch point I'm making, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email, whether it's a LinkedIn message, whether I'm having someone else on my team email them, um, it has to add value. It can't be like, something that is worthless, right? Like, Hey, is this time still good? Like, that's not a really great email. It's more like, Hey, um, I know you're busy. Like call, call out factors like that. Like I know you're busy, but, um, we talked about X and let's have a conversation about it and accomplish Y and giving people like just a reason. There's a book that my, my, um, our CRO Isaiah Crossman always recommends called influence. And he basically talks about how, all, all you need to do in most cases to get people to do something for you is, is ask and then give them a why behind it. So being able to do that, I think is mission critical when it comes to, to reaching out. Um, but let's say you're emailing someone and you try to email them, you know, every two, two or three days, maybe they, there's a deliverable that they owe you regardless, 
one thing I think that's mission critical too is to, to kind of multi-thread with other people in your organization. So I might tap in our, our CRO, I might type in our, our head of sales, Stephen Russo, or our CEO even to send an email to my prospect if it's valuable enough to, to get us continuing mm -hmm. forward. So being, being able to think outside of your own box of, oh, I only have a LinkedIn, a phone, an email, like, no, you have other people and other assets you can use um, that, can, that can get people's interest. So those are a few ways I think about it. I think that's actually a really good tip. Just getting, you know, somebody else to to send the message for you, just to try and create that that relationship, that bond of going, hey, look, it's not just me that thinks you're great. You're a great fit for us. It's you know, our other guys as well. So. Yep. <laughs> um, what what techniques can you employ to to create a sense of urgency and importance? Because hopefully you're trying to minimise the chances that someone's just going to go, nah, I'm not fancying this. How do you? How do you go for, how do you create this, that sense of urgency? Yeah, it really depends on your product and what you're selling, right? Like, so, so for Tropic, part of what we do is help people reduce costs. And this is a time where everyone, well, I should say almost everyone is really focused on reducing costs. Maybe you're trying to raise more money. Maybe you're trying to go public. Maybe business is not good and you, you have to reduce costs or your, your, your runway is going to be kaput. Um, so being able to leverage that and to leverage some factors like upcoming renewal dates for our clients or, or, or reasons that they, they could have more cash flow if they pick us now versus later, that's mission critical and important. Um, I think another way that you, you, you can do it, of course, is like end of month or end of quarter discounts. Um, those are usually not as effective. I, at least I've found as like, I feel like most people know that those things could be coming. I think being able to leverage like real reasons of like, how does this help them versus how does this help you is mission critical to, to, to getting them on the right page and, and getting them uh, more bought in than, than ever before. But one other reason, like I, I think is, is important too, is, is people are human at the end of the day. They want to help you out if they can. So if you give them, you know, maybe, maybe they've been ghosting for a long time or you're, you're on the door line, you're the, the, uh, at the threshold of the door and you're really close and they're, you know, not quite there, like giving them like a personal reason, like, Hey, this would really help me out personally. Like, uh, like people again are human. So sometimes that, that can play, play bad. You, you have to use your emotional intelligence there, but that's just one other thing I think about there. That's a really good point. Actually, it does. Uh, I'd, I'd want to explore that a little bit further. So uh, just before we, we got onto the, to the webinar, you and I just had a, a conversation just about all sorts, just to sort of build up a little bit of, you know, rapport. And, and luckily we found out we got on really, really well. So that's a good sign. Um, how important is that building of rapport and a relationship right from your very first communication with a prospect? Yeah, I I'd say it varies from person to person. Like, some people know everything about the product. They know everything about the sale, but they're not personable and they're not good at, at it. It's all, all manufactured. That can be really tough. Um, and sometimes your persona like doesn't care about the relationship. They just want to see the facts and being able to diagnose like, who am I talking to? What do they actually care about? Um, you know, like, and you can kind of zoom out there and go like, okay, what does their LinkedIn presence look like? What kind of like social media stuff are they putting out there? Like, how do they email and respond? And then being able to mirror, I think is really important on a call. So like to your point, Joe, like you and I had a good conversation to start with. We both, I think, in, like each other, we're having a good time, uh, even though I'm talking too much. But we're, I, I feel like we're, 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 uh, we've built great rapport and you can tell pretty quickly like, okay, like I have, I have built this relationship with this guy in a little bit of time. Maybe I can ask Joe to like help me out here. Like 
Joe, like, you know, hey, like, curious, are, are you open to like maybe introducing me to to your team so like we could we could talk traffic, like uh, maybe a crazy idea. So like being able to like have that really quick diagnosis of like, hey, this guy kind of likes me, like maybe I should ask, what's the worst he can say? It's like, no, like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like, um, no harm, no foul. So I think to your point, having that relationship is mission critical, but also being able to um, know that you're not going to build one with everybody. Like some people just don't care about you and only care about the bottom line. So um, being able to like understand those, those two facets is really important. But if you can build that relationship, I could go like, hey, Joe, like, what's your cell phone? Um, I would love to like, you know, in case we get disconnected, I'd love to have you. And, and that way I can, you know, have that kind of as a fallback method. If you're not answering my emails, if you're not answering my LinkedIn messages. So one other thing to think about. A hundred percent. And yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, even just having, uh, having had this conversation, you know, further down the line, if you send me a message saying, Hey, can you help me with this? I'll go, Oh that, yeah, that's Charles. We had an amazing conversation. We did that great webinar all about ghosting. Sure. I can lend a hand. Uh, yeah. You can absolutely eat. There's a live example right there. It absolutely. works. Yeah. And, and next time I'm in the South of England, I'm going to be bothering you and, and being like, Hey, well, you know, do I need to really go see Cork or, or Bristol? You know, like I'm going to be asking all <laughs> these questions. So, um, I, I, but that's also me, right? Like I love to build relationships. Like when I travel, when I, when I have calls, like I love to find a little bit of something interesting out about somebody and, and be able to like, Oh, like, Hey, I, I met this guy who lives like South of England. And like, I love to be able to talk about those things. So that's me personally. Um, and it's not manufactured. So I think that really helps as well. Like I truly do enjoy it. So to your point and to your question about relationships, I think it is like, you know, do you actually enjoy creating relationships with people? If so, then you're probably in the right space. If you hate it, uh, sales can be a tough game. Mm, absolutely. So, it, yeah. But again, though, to, to your point, though, there are some people who literally right, just give me the numbers. Give me the numbers. Tell me what it does. I'll say yes or no. So I guess it's horses for courses, right? So it's just <laughs> judging exactly who it is you're talking to is exactly the right point you made there. Um, and speaking of like making sure you're talking to the right person, then what sort of techniques or what what tools can you use to help ensure that you're targeting the right customers and prospects for your solution for your product? So to try and reduce the the idea that the, the ghosting is going to occur. Yeah. So again, it probably depends on what stage of product you're at. Like, is this, is this a mature product? Is this something that you're, you're creating in a garage somewhere? Um, but being able to use data to figure out like what kind of persona is more likely to buy. So at, at, at companies I worked in the, in the past, like we were just a tar- targeting accounting people. Like that was the, the one person that we knew would buy. Like you could have a really good intro from CEO, or you could have an intro from uh, someone in sales, but like ultimately it has to be a decision made by the accounting team. But there are other tools like Tropic is one where there could be a ton of different buyers. I think it's figuring out with that data, if you have a ton of different buyers, like who is going going to be the the, the most likely to buy and figuring out like who is typically making the decision to sign off on something like this is is really important. So um, I would also say like kind of Pareto principle, like 80% 80% of your revenue is going to come from 20% of these people too, right? So figuring out like the, the most impactful, okay, is it this role? Then I should probably try reaching out to them three, five X in this case, four or five X uh, versus someone else that has a lower conversion rate um, and being able to like put more eggs in one basket, knowing that you're going to have a more positive outcome. So mm-hmm. I, I think it can be tough to, to diagnose until you get enough data until you can go like, okay, 
this is the right person versus this is the wrong person. A hundred percent. Yeah. Charles, I'm I'm going to start wrapping up our conversation here. Um, all about beating the, the ghost in ghoul. You've offered up some incredible value on exactly how we can avoid it, how we can minimize ghosting. The ghost in ghoul is weakened. It's almost ready to give up the fight. We've almost crossed the streams enough and trapped it in our trap. What is the one key takeaway from this conversation we've had today that can finish off the ghost in ghoul? And what would you like everyone to go away remembering from this conversation? Have empathy. Just be empathetic and know that you're one call away. You're one moment away from, from them saying yes or saying no and being able to move on regardless of the outcome. So being able to just understand like, hey, look, like they're seeing my email or they're answering my call or they're checking out our website. Like they're interested, but maybe there's a reason they're not they're not um, answering. And maybe it's something that I, I can't control. So being able to, to kind of zoom out a little bit, I think is going to help you in the long term. A hundred percent. Well, Charles, I think we can safely say we busted the ghosting ghoul together. Charles, thank you so much for sharing your B2B superpowers with us today. My pleasure, Joe. Great to meet you and check Lead Forensic out. They're awesome. Well, there you go. That was Charles Williams on how to bust the ghosting ghoul. I hope you enjoyed that episode and have come away full of ideas on how to handle being ghosted and that you ain't afraid of no ghost. Remember to subscribe to Essential B2B Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating. We'll be back next week with another episode of Essential B2B. Bye.